All right. Well, thank you. Hi, my name is Wayne T. I'm in San Antonio, Texas. I'm a grateful recovered member of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm recovered, not cured. Uh, once a pickle, always a pickle, never a cucumber again. Daily reprieve uh, from compulsive overeating, contingent on my spiritual maintenance. My home group is the 9.30 a.m. Central Time. Uh, big book. Well, we don't really have a name. We just meet at 9.30 a.m. and we read the big book cover to cover. And right now we're in the stories. So we're identifying with what the uh, people say and connecting it to the first 164 pages and to us as overeaters. So um, I'm maintaining a 45 plus pound, uh, weight loss and I joined OA on Unity Day in 2020. It was my first meeting. So I had a, a little bit of time uh, to rush around to all the local meetings I could before we went on Zoom, which was very fortunate. Um, what had happened was uh, that week I had been on a, a getaway with my wife and uh, we went to a thrift store and I picked up a copy, a used copy of uh, Overeaters Anonymous uh, just because I thought it was a good idea to read it. I've been in another 12-step group uh, for 30 years, a family group. So uh, I always feel like, you know, I should read other people's literature and uh, to grow in understanding and effectiveness. But uh, I, uh, this was a 50 cent copy. And so I picked it up and I read it cover to cover. And I found much to my delight that there were people like me in Overeaters Anonymous, people uh, who felt the way I felt, who did some of the things that I did, who struggled uh, in some of the ways that I had struggled and that I uh, could be a member of Overeaters Anonymous. And I wanna tell you that I was delighted. I think it is the greatest thing in the world to be a member of Overeaters Anonymous. And I feel so privileged because if I couldn't, I couldn't be, I was just overweight. Before I was overweight and I had been struggling with my weight for a long time. I've been trying to deal with my weight. I've tried different things, but since I could join Overeaters Anonymous, I knew there was a solution. And I've heard many people say the credits don't transfer, and that is true, but the experience does transfer. In my family group, we have a lot of double winners coming in, and I always tell them, you are ahead of the person who comes because comes uh, straight into our fellowship because you know the 12 steps work. And I knew the 12 steps work. And if I can qualify, if I can be a part of any fellowship or any problem that their fellowship exists for, I know it will work because I know the 12 steps work absolutely. And what's more, uh, I'm a part of, uh, I'm a one of those that believes I'm exactly like an alcoholic, uh, except for the effect that alcohol has on me. So I know that the big book style recovery of, uh, of OA would work. Um, so after I read that book, read that, I uh, got back to town and I called a long time member of that other fellowship who I knew was also in OA. And she invited me providentially, Unity Day was coming up uh, that Saturday. And so I went to Unity Day and got to see 
people from around the district, from around the area. Uh, and uh, there were a lot of people I knew from uh, my years in the other fellowship. There's a lot of crossover. But, um, and I went to it as, as many meetings as I could. And I knew that uh, um, that uh, there was, well, I knew because they told me <laughs> every meeting, get a sponsor, get a sponsor, get a sponsor. My God, it was just like, it wouldn't stop, you know, uh, none of this take your time business. And so I immediately started calling people. And uh, as I uh, called, I uh, interviewed them because I, I believe that's important. I think God puts sponsors and sponsees together, but I think, you know, you do do some due diligence. And I asked them if they work the steps in a particular way. And, uh, and it was this particular way that I did not like. I had opposed it. It was... It was a it was a particular flavor of, of using the big book that I was like I opposed it because I had a different flavor, different corner. Uh, and and uh, if they said if they said I don't even know what that is, I put a check mark by their name, and so I was going to circle back to them. And I also asked them about you know what they their abstinence was and what they did and, and so forth. But I did not want to do that. Now, the second meeting I went to. Uh, was uh, my friend who I'd called was there. And we had talked after the meeting and she was the one who did the steps that way, the way that I did not like and I did not want to do. And uh, so after the meeting, we talked and uh, and I love her very much. I just did not want to do the steps that way. And, um, and in that conversation, I mentioned to her that I had been taught that if someone volunteers to be your sponsor, the correct response is to run. And uh, so we went on with that, and uh, she told me several things about what about her uh, abstinence and what she how she saw the, the problem of compulsive eating. And uh, I went on and I did all this interviewing. But uh, within a week, I was calling that woman again and asking if she sponsored men and if she was available to sponsor. And uh, there were tears in my eyes and because um, I just I've, I've loved this woman for for years in Al-Anon and uh, sorry fellowship <laughs> but I've loved her for years and and what she said what she described her approach her understanding of this disease of compulsive overeating it was so much more attractive that I was willing to go to any length and even do the steps in this way that I disliked. And I was ready to, it took a week of calling around and talking to other people and considering and praying and doing my regular um, spiritual work and, and meetings and so forth. And what she told me was that that day that we had talked, she had been ready to volunteer to sponsor me and out. And, but when I had told her that my, my uh, belief about uh, volunteering, she had held back. And that had given me time to work it out and to become willing to go to any length, even to work the steps the way she wanted, the way she worked the steps, because I wanted to get what she had. And I just, it just confirmed for me that God was in this thing and uh, God was in this specific relationship. And we started working the steps. Now, uh, I was ready by that time to uh, go to any length. 
and even do a lot of things that I didn't want to do, like food reporting or food plan or whatever. And she told me, hey, we're not even going to talk about food till you get to nine. And so we did, I've heard other people describe it as the dash to step nine, the dash to step nine where I could have some power. Now I was having, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, because of this controversy in OA about, well, you have to be abstinent, just like you wouldn't be drinking in, OA, in AA and do the steps. You have to be abstinent to do the steps. I know that's a people that's a lot of people's experience and I'm, I've thought about that and I thought well I think I was on the yo part of a yo-yo at the time when I came in I yo-yoed and uh, so I was somewhat off the food but uh, but I knew and I told her I have about six weeks I do things for about six weeks and then I freak then I give up and so it really was a dash to get to step nine where there was real power you know uh, we get some power over the uh, God's power we get the laurels, God's power, if I do, if I get to step nine, and, and I was able to do that. Um, I want to back up and tell you a little bit about my, me. I was a, I was not heavy, I was not a heavy child. I was a first row sitter in all the uh, school photos. My dream was to someday be allowed to stand up, at least on the second row, but I always ended up on the first row with my hands folded, and uh, the only time I was able to put in the game of any of the uh, sports that I played, because uh, I'm in Texas and I had to play football. It's a law. So I, uh, the only time I got in the game was the mandatory play time that they uh, made for all the bench sitters. And so, you know, uh, and I played for several years and that's the only time I played. And when I finally figured out that was all was going to happen, uh, you know, I gave that up. But I was a little guy. I was a skinny guy. And I went to school at the University of Oregon. I grew, up, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and I got as far away from there as I could. I grew up with alcoholism, probably a coincidence that I moved uh, to school as far as I could, away as I could, just a coincidence. But uh, I went to the University of Oregon where, you know, running is very popular. And people uh, often ask if I was a runner, not because uh, because I was emaciated. I was uh, thin and I had that look of uh, the 1970s runners who uh, didn't bulk up and instead just looked like uh, skeletons. So weight was not a problem for me. Uh, but looking back, I did eat compulsively and I did get a sense of ease and comfort from food. In fact, I'd say I became more of a compulsive eater when I came in to OA. Before, I mean, I had no awareness but in being in OA, I learned more and more that I was eating compulsively, whether it was, you know, drinking uh, hot soda from the, uh, from the um, pantry. And that in those days, it was hard because they had those returnable bottles. There was evidence. And my family would wonder, why are you drinking that? You know, why can't you just wait or, you know, to get cool or uh, unfro the frozen hot dogs? And it was just, uh, or, or uh, stealing from my mom's uh, when she would send me uh, to the to the Safeway, uh, grabbing the uh, checkout line, uh, the uh, things at the checkout line, and gobbling them before I got the two blocks back to my house. So I know I was getting a sense of ease and comfort uh, from from food and eating compulsively even then, but I didn't have any consequences because I was so little, uh, so thin. Um, and as I uh, grew up, I mean, that was always the thing. I was a thin, I was just a thin guy. 
skinny guy was a punk rocker. Somebody was talking about San Antonio music scene. I got to play at Taco Land, the Makada, that's famous, and uh, no longer there. But uh, I was skinny, and, and that was it. And I got to eat whatever I wanted. I was also aided. Uh, I can I say I'm a recovered compulsive eater because I also did restricting in a very strange way. I think I was so far ahead of the head. Uh, so, gosh, I don't want to put anybody down. I thought I had uh, celiac disease. <laughs> I, it came in, I, I didn't know, no, I didn't do any research. It was, it was the eighties. It was before the internet, but uh, I had a skin prick that said I was allergic to wheat. And today I know I definitely should not inject uh, a wheat into my skin because I will get a rash, but uh, I conflated that with celiac disease. And so I uh, cut out wheat from my diet and I felt much better. Uh, I really think I felt much better because I was controlling my eating. And as a bonus, I got to control other people around me because uh, I got to insist to my uh, mother, you know, why are you serving such and such? You know, I can't eat it. Uh, you know, my older sister was the only one who was skeptical of the whole thing, sister, so that way. But, uh, and she turned out, she was right, darn it. Uh, and, uh, but for uh, 15 years, I largely avoided anything with wheat in it, uh, except maybe like, well, I wasn't crazy. I ate uh, frozen things that maybe had a little wheat as filler in it and the things that celiacs really can't have because they do have a little bit of wheat in it. But um, I finally got tested for it, uh, or the real test. You had to have a cult, uh, endoscopy. And I finally got that done. And uh, they uh, turns out I didn't have it. But in that test, they make you eat all kinds of stuff. And I told the doctor when he told me I didn't have it, I said, well, I feel terrible. And he said, well, it's because you're fat. You gained 20 pounds. And I never lost that. Uh, I never, I lost some of that. But uh, anyhow, man, I only have a few minutes left. So I've really rambled on and on. Um, I've, uh, I wanted to tell you, but I, that restricting, I never got that back. And, and I immediately started trying to pretend that I had celiac disease again because that was such a great diet for me. And it was my, um, my obsession for up until I came into OA, if I could only pretend I had self, if I could only get to that thing and cut out wheat and uh, the extra breads and things like that, uh, that I'd be okay. And the things that bread covered, it carries, it was a carrier for fat, of course. And um, so the last, I tried many things. I started, I tried many things to lose weight. Um, and uh, including intermittent fasting. I think that was magic. I really believe there was no connection between what I ate and what I weighed. I, so a lot of magical thinking was going on. I was not a calorie counter. Um, I, we, have, we have very small plates. We don't have dinner plates in our house. That didn't work. <laughs> we had those little cards that didn't work. I obsessed about my weight. I, I mean, I, I weighed every day trying to shame myself. Even though I know shame doesn't change anything. I thought, well, it does here but it didn't. Thank you. And finally, in the last year, uh, now I am extremely frugal. You can, I don't know if you see this behind me, but this, these racks are filled with things for selling for eBay. Uh, the, uh, I live extremely frugally. And so one of my beliefs was that uh, uh, anybody would be a fool to extra pay to join a gym. Only suckers joins gyms. But I finally admitted, man, I got to, I got to join a gym. Now I joined the cheapest gym, I could find, but I joined a gym, and for the year before I joined OA, 
I exercise regularly. I exercise more than I ever had in my life. I'm not an exercise bulimic. I'm an exercise procrastinator. I'm an exercise uh, non-doer, but I exercise and exercise and I gained more weight than ever. Now it didn't help that it was next to the dollar store, but uh, you know, it was. So anyhow, uh, that is what brought me into OA. I just utter defeat. I tried my last thing. That was last thing was that exercise. Um, uh, it has, uh, well, what else I want to say about that? Um, OA and doing the steps out of the big book have clarified so much for me. I never, I had done the steps with the big book, but never focusing on uh, the resentments. And now I understand that the resentments I have lead to emotional upsets, which leads to restless, irritable, and discontent. And what's more, it's not just, um, you know, I've had, I've had to deal with resentments for 30 years in, in my other fellowship. And, and I've considered that I have drinks, drinks like judgment and fear and uh, criticism. They act like drinks for me. But what's worse now is that my understanding that those uh, upsets also lead to a very powerful drink for me, which is uh, food of all kinds. And I have to have a, uh, I have to stay in fit spiritual condition in order to avoid the emotional upsets, which lead me to my primary uh, drink of choice, which is food. I want to say, um, well, anyways, I'm, I am just pleased as punch to be in OA. It is a privilege. I'm, I earned my way into OA. I saved up lots and lots of coupons, which I put all over my body and uh, slowly peeled away over the past year. Um, I was talking to a, a sponsee the other day and we were talking, imagine if alcoholics had to carry their empties with them and put them all over their bodies. Uh, that, <laughs> that is what we're doing. We carry our empties and, and uh, I've been paid off by debt. And, uh, and the latest thing is, I don't know what my goal weight is. My sponsors would say, why don't you let God do it? I really wanted the Metropolitan Life Insurance Company to tell me what my goal weight should be. And she's, uh, and, I'm, and as I'm reading more and more OA literature, I'm finding that that's a thing of letting God decide it. Um, and uh, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do today. Uh, anyways, thanks for letting me share and thanks for being here. It's so much fun to go to meetings around the world and uh, I'll close, thanks.